There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Worldwide Wednesday. Today is February 28th, 2024. This is episode number 567 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Free Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Raymond Cruz on LinkedIn, Carrie on YouTube, Andreas, Triple D, Eric Silberman, Space Tacos with the first comment, Sharice Lamb, Passive Observing today. SSD, Robert Rittenhouse, James Udicudo, all the mods like Jesse Johnson and Eric Taylor. We're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So what can you do with this information to help drive cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders? And if you're looking to break into the industry, believe me, you've got massive wheelbarrows full of value coming at you because first of all you'll be asked in any job interview how do you stay current on the industry daily cyber threat brief podcast is a great example you'll also want to network within the community two windows over that's the hashtag team sc simply cyber community which by the way welcome aboard you're a member of now so say what's up engage chat chris k hall just interviewed for a sock analyst position that's pretty dope I wonder, Chris, did you get asked, how do you stay current on the industry? And did you do a mic drop? Let us know in chat. Before we get into the stream, before I start melting faces, I want you to know I do not research research or prep for this show or for any of the stories we're going to be going through. So believe me, when I say like what we're about to do is unscripted and just my honest, real takes on all these things. I've got a very uh, long history of working in the industry um, in you know education and such so I've usually got a hot take on something so uh, that's what it's all about all about good times now before we get into the top cyber news stories of the day and before I introduce you to the stream sponsors let me introduce you to the yeet crew uh, captained by one Marcus Kyler there's so many uh, uh, members of the yeet crew which is the sub faction within the simply cyber community so want to say shout out to the yeets uh, good morning to all y'all. Hey guys, let me tell you about the stream sponsors, those individuals that enable me to bring this show to you every single morning with the hotness. Starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what? Barricade Cyber Solutions, they know how to yeet cyber threat actors out of the environment and they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents so check them out at barricadecyber.com catch them outside how about that 
catch me outside. How about that? Also with Panopsi Security, let me introduce you to Brandon Poole and his whole team. Get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals. Panopsi Security, think of them as like staff augmentation or knowledge share that you can get. Say you don't know how to implement NIST Cybersecurity Framework 2.0, or maybe you don't know how to respond to a survey questionnaire. Is this okay? Are we all right? Do we need insurance? Where are we going? We heard about tabletops. What do we do? We know, we know Our insurance company said we need to roll out multi-factor authentication. How do we do that? This is where Panopsi Security can really come in and deliver value for your organization. If you need things that are left of boom, protection, identification, tabletop exercises, enterprise risk assessment, that type of stuff, go to panopsi.com. At a minimum, at a minimum, connect with Brandon Poole, P-O-O-L-E on LinkedIn. You'll be glad you did. Really great guy. South Carolina's own. All right. I also want to say shout out to Anti-Siphon Training, but more about these beautiful babies at the mid-roll. I'm sporting my Black Hills InfoSec red team shirt, the raccoon shirt. It's a hot one, hot one. I love it. All right. Looks like it's going to be a soundboard kind of day. I'm feeling I'm feeling frisky with the soundboard fingers, so that's all good. It is Worldwide Wednesday, which means we're about to go around the world, which is super dope. I'll explain that in a hot minute. But I do want to say every episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Free podcast is half a CPE. And I love it. I, I feel like I, I'm able to make a cybersecurity webinar that is fun and engaging and doesn't suck. So let's get credit for the CPEs as we go through the story. So say what's up in chat. Grab a screenshot. Hold on one second. We got an update here. Chelsea Ray Waterhouse coming in hot. Just an update to my SC community. Graduated with my bachelor's in cyber this past weekend. Ro- ro- hold on. Rolled right into my master's for cyber ops. And getting ready to test for my CH this Thursday. Look at Chelsea Ray Waterhouse coming coming off the top rope. Nice job, Chelsea. Congratulations. Crush it. I love the momentum you've got going. It sounds like you've got a full steam, uh, full head of steam, and you're straight powering through it. Love it. Great, great job. And uh, best wishes on the cert exam this weekend. All right. Hey, if it's your, um, if you want to get credit, just say something in chat. Grab a screenshot and uh, save it off to a file. If today is your first episode, welcome to the party, pal. Episode 567, we've been waiting for you. We're a very supportive and inclusive community, so don't be shy. Let us know it's your first day on the stream with a hashtag TeamSC in chat. TeamSC in chat, if you could. And um, I'm sorry, oh my God. I, I was just reading a note, a DM from Haircut Fish. Listen, if it's your first episode, hashtag first timer in chat. Hashtag first timer in chat. We've got a special sound effect that sounds like this. Welcome to the party, pal. We've got a special emote for you first timers just like this. And uh, we love it. And if you're a regular, hashtag team SC in chat. Definitely love it. Hey, Tom Bishop, always good to see you in chat. I'm a hashtag team SC. No, Jay and Michelle, we're about to boogie down on this, man. I just wanted to tell the newcomers that they're welcome to be here and that they're a first timer and that we love celebrating our first timers. All right. You know what that sound means, everybody? We're going to be going around the world. Before we do that, I want everyone to know Worldwide Wednesday. Let me put my little graphic up. Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV. Now, IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution 
that professionals in audit, cyber, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use promo code, my promo code, SimplyCyber30, and get 30% off a deep cut discount off your first month or first year. You may have seen Jack Scott just did a program on AI with ACI Learning, Kathy Chambers and Sophie Goodwin, um, Daniel Lowry. Um, just guys, amazing content, amazing entertainment, amazing value coming over. So go, there's a link in uh, the pinned comments. You can giddy up on that as well. I'll drop it down. You can see it on stream right now. So grab that. Thank you for sponsoring Worldwide Wednesday. So let me tell you what we're about to do here. In about two seconds, I'm going to take a sip of this coffee. Then I'm going to ask you where you're at. And then me and the mods are going to flip out as we see if we can go around the world in two minutes and 22 seconds. It's always amazing to see how diverse, how international, and how amazing the Simply Cyber community is. I love this. This is my this is one of my favorite activities. Community member of the week on Mondays is pretty pretty up there too. Let's go. All right. Let's set the timer. Let's say it. Where are you? Tell me where you're at. All right. John Brock is in Indianapolis. We got the United States online. Let's go. Let's go. Ohio's in the house. Hey, Houston. Nice to see you. Tennessee. Butler, NA. You're the only 10 I see. Niagara Falls bringing the maple on. Canada's in the house. Afghanistan. Thank you. Thank you, Abdullah, for Afghanistan. We got Cali's in the house. Pueblo, Colorado representing. I think I saw France in the UK. We got some European action going on. The UP. Nice. Ghana's in the house. Very nice, Ghana. Western Africa's online. Hey, Wyoming. We got some big sky out there. Big D's down in Dallas, Toronto, D.C., Vermont, the Green Mountain State's in the house. What's up, Dirty Jersey? ATL with Casey Cromer. New York City bringing the heat with Space Tacos and Terrence Banks. Uh, South Africa is in the house. We got Africa coming in strong. Big Portland. Hey, Israel. I know, I know where Israel is. I will find it. It's just so small on the map. It's hard to get. Pablo is bringing Chile online. Yes, sir. South America's in the house. Whoops. Well, I accidentally hit uh, Argentina, but we'll, we'll count it. Chile is in the house. Asia. Divine dream divine. Be more specific. Camp Lejeune. Hey, apply consistency. I see you in Actionville, North Carolina. All right, Phil Stafford. Hey, Raven33 down here in the low country. Portugal's in the hizzy. I love it. Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. Very nice. Kansas, Portugal. Do we have Australia in the house? Where's Australia? Virgin Islands, the VI. Germany's in the hizzy. Very nice. Divine Dream Divine, I know you're in Asia. Where in Asia are you? Poland's in the house. Very nice. Israel, uh, Bangladesh. Yes, sir. Bangladesh. Boom. All right. Vietnam. Ooh, Vietnam. Hey there. Boom. Vietnam's online. What's up, Philippines and the world? Boom. Quick, quickly bring it on Asia. Oh, my God. Italy, the boot. All right. Tom Bishop's always representing the boot. We always have Europe online. Silver Spring, Maryland. I love it. Okay, so check it out, guys. Saudi Arabia, thank you very much. 
uh, Brian Dubs over on LinkedIn. Fernando's in Japan, so let's get representation. Pacific Rim coming in strong. Uh, friends, were we able to get Australia? Is Internal Stranger? Is Chris Rock? Um, Uganda. Ooh. Where's Uganda? That one. That one's a tough one for me. Uh, Botswana. You, I thought Uganda was like um, lower Africa. Ugh. All right. Anyways, uh, let us know in chat if you had. Um, if you where's Uganda? Uh, let us know in chat if you saw Australia. It would be nice to go around the world. Um, but you know, it is the middle of the night there, so no, no harm. Oh my God. So Luke Canfield is screaming because, uh, I'm, I'm like a child with a fist crayon at a, at, like just marking this thing up. Like I'm at a, uh, all right. So anyways, it does not look like we got around the world, but AM is a first timer. Welcome to the party, pal. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I see also Kenya online. Very nice. Kenya. Uh, all right. So good times. Uh, I will go study a map uh, a little bit deeper. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, chat. Uh, Kenya, there's Kenya. All right. Hey, hey, when the Australians wake up, please let them know uh, that we did not go around the world because of Australia. So, uh, all right. And don't give me the time zone thing. Philippines is online. Japan's online. Vietnam's online. I also want to say journey to an unknown place. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party. Ooh, we have Cuba, liberated Cuba. 789 says there is Australia. Where's Australia? Who's who's representing Australia? I'm willing to drag this out just a little bit so we can go around the world. Uh, Australia, who's the Australian? I saw, you saw me move over Uganda? I'm sure I did. I kind of went everywhere. Who is it? All right, I'm going to go on. I don't know if we got an Australian here. All right, guys. Thanks again to ACI Learning for sponsoring the Worldwide Wednesday segment. It's all about good times. Unfortunately, we were unable to go around the world, but I do want you to, to, to recognize South America, North America, Africa, Europe, Asia, Pacific Rim, uh, Middle East, Central America. We got, guys, we're straight crushing it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uganda is east of Ken Kenya. <laughs> there it is. It's right next to it. Thank you. Ah, uh, thank you so much. All right, let's go. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds Mercy! of the hot news wash over us on an awesome wave. I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. Ooh, nice. We got a NIST to start the show. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Wednesday, February 28th. Lauren's in the house. I'm Lauren Verno. NIST releases cybersecurity framework 2.0. A decade in the making, the National Institute of Standards and Technology has released their updated framework for the first time since 2014. The agency says the framework now aims to help all organizations, not just those in critical infrastructure, manage and reduce risk. Now, there is a large emphasis on the guidance helping all organizations meet their cybersecurity goals with additional resources. Now, for those familiar with the original five core functions of the framework, identity, protect, detect, respond, and Let's recover, get some GRC love. will notice the new addition of govern to the group. That's right. With the purpose of broadening a security framework throughout an entire organization. 
All right. So this is what NIST cybersecurity framework did. Oh, come on. It, it went to the wrong window. Yes, this is it right here. NIST cybersecurity framework went full Super Saiyan. It went from 1.0 to 1.1 to 1.2, and it was kind of dribbling and drabbing. And then it just totally unlocked and went full 2.0. Now, this is a massive update. Um, it, so I saw a couple questions about training. Yeah, there'll be some training. I will probably, highly likely, I'm super busy, but like I probably will make a produced dedicated video on what you need to know about NIST 2.0 uh, because GRC really is my thing. Um, for those who do not know, I have been on a mission for like the last four years to make GRC socially acceptable. It is so freaking important to the actual execution of cybersecurity, and it gets shade thrown on it all the time because it doesn't. Ha we don't have cool hacker logos and stuff. I I am like on a, a mission to make GRC cool. I said that to uh, Daniel Lowry and Josh Mason. Fact at Worldwide uh, World Wild West Hacking Fest two years ago. Um, and this right here, again, it's unrelated to my efforts, but NIST Cybersecurity Framework 2.0, if you, if you look at what the main difference is, okay, if you look at the main difference, right, this is the NIST Cybersecurity Framework right here. You can see the five colors and then, um, you know, 1.1 in the middle. And then if you look at the two, basically, um, they basically formed like Voltron. And GRC made the head. Look at it. You see this inner donut ring that touches everything that says govern? That's not a coincidence. That's the G in GRC. Thank you very much, capital G. All right, so here's the deal. Um, if you're implementing this cybersecurity framework at your organization, you will want to review and adjust according to 2.0. One of the best things about the NIST cybersecurity framework that um, that I love, okay, is that they have, they NIST has consistently held public private sector um, like workshop sessions. They hold them up in Maryland. I've been to um, one of them. They hold them in Maryland and they literally facilitate conversations. I, I remember when I went there, um, you know, I was representing you know, an academic medical center that uh, was implementing it. There was, uh, I want to say like Chevron or mobile, like, like some super massive big oil group was there uh, and like tons of other organizations. And they were, oh, they were saying like, okay, like what's working for you? What's not working for you? What would you like to see? One of the reasons that with, I think it was one, one or one, two um, introduced supply chain as another category um, was because the response from the public uh, private sector was like, listen, this is a major issue. We got to really get our arms around this. We need uh, guidance on this. So th to me, this is what makes the NIST cybersecurity framework so freaking awesome and why I'm such a champion of it. It's literally, they do lessons learned regularly to update and make this thing wicked powerful. Gone are the days of the, you know, eight, you know, um, erudites to use another gre word erudite e-r-u-d-i-t-e -E, um up in an ivory tower pontificating on huh what would a cybersecurity program look like let's document it without really engaging what is working in industry and what is not working threat actors adapt and move and and, and shift all the time and if you're trying to use 
a framework that isn't based on reality, it's going to be brittle. It's not going to deliver risk reduction. And ultimately, people are going to abandon it because it's not doing anything of value. NIST cybersecurity framework does all the things correctly, lessons learned, uh, in implementing best practices. And by introducing the G in govern, they are enforcing essentially, um, again, I haven't reviewed what this uh, additional things are, but the G is basically going across all of them to ensure that the information security capability and function isn't an isolated bolt-on thing like, like IT, like, oh, it's InfoSec's over there. We don't have to worry about that. No, every single phase of it needs to have management buy-in needs to have leadership influence needs to be um the whole function of governance is basically to integrate with the business and make sure that you're enabling the business while at the same time protecting the business with the context of the business drivers and the business um mission and that's what the govern does and that's why it's so valuable i for one am just pants off uh super pumped about this way to go nist um, I love it. I love it. I love it. Might get a fin frock for this one. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yep. Love it. So look for a uh, produced video from me. Uh, I, I might even, who knows? Maybe I'll just go live and flip out on it. I don't know. Oh my God. Here we go. All right. Mod chats. Mod chats are, uh, are uh, giving me a hard time here because of my, my vernacular uh, choices this morning. Optum attack linked to Black Cat ransomware. First, it was MGM Resorts, and now Reuters reports the Black Cat ransomware group is behind the attack, impacting the healthcare IT platform Change Healthcare. Now, Change Healthcare's platform is widely used within healthcare systems nationwide for processing payments, care coordination, and data analytics which has severely impacted day-to-day -day operations since the attack last week. Now, since the breach, Change Healthcare has provided daily status updates, but the messages have not provided any more details beyond their ongoing efforts to resolving the problem. All right. Hey, George Strasberger with the Super Chat. Did we just become best friends? Yep. In my best Captain Planet uh, tones. NIST, by all your powers, combined to form Captain GRC, a.k.a. Gerald Dozier. Give off real Captain Planet vibes. Thanks, George, for the joke and for the super chat. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Uh, United Health subsidiary opt-in. This has been in the news for a couple days, and um, you know it's had serious impacts. We saw a specific impact last week where pharmacies, pharmacies were unable to administer prescriptions for patients. That's very, very serious. Abdul Basit Rotim, Ro how do you say it? Rotimi, uh, squad membership, but more importantly, starting a new position as a security engineer at CDIC. I like it. Let's give him. I love it. That's what you get when you get a job in InfoSec. You get a wrecking ball. Way to go, um, Abdul. Congratulations, man. Super pumped for you. All right. So, United Health continuing to uh, grapple with this outage. I know it has had massive impact across the healthcare industry. Um, Change Healthcare Payment Exchange Platform was linked to the Black Cat Ransomware Group as well. Um, so it sounds like here's the thing: United Health Group sub subsidiary Optum. This is like this is like a Russian nesting doll. Like this is a big conglomerate thing that has businesses under its umbrella. 
And that business, Optum, has businesses and uh, systems under its umbrella, including whatever this pharmaceutical system was, and also this change healthcare payment exchange platform. Um, you know, unfortunately, Black Cat is a legit, a legit um, threat actor. Um, I consider them tier one, right? So Black Cat slash Alfie, uh, you may hear those names used uh, um, together. They're kind of like, I almost think of them as like uh, Siamese twins. Like they're not exactly the same, but there's a lot of overlap in, um, in the way they operate and stuff. And I believe they are, Black Cat for sure, was originally Dark Side Colonial Pipeline. And then they disbanded and reformed as Black Matter for a hot minute. And then they uh, disbanded and reformed as Black Cat. Same stuff. Uh, so if they want to get you, they're going to get you. Um, this this is not good. Um, but, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I, I can't tell you enough. Practice, practice, practice. Make sure that you have backups. Make sure they're immutable. Make sure that everybody on the IT team knows how to restore from backups. Make sure you know what order to restoration should happen. Make sure you educate your end users. Make sure you have EDR. Make sure that you're doing all of the things to um, not, um, to, basically here's the deal. You should stop trying to secure yourself from ransomware and start making sure that you can be resilient through a ransomware attack, right? I'm not saying don't try to secure yourself, but um, I thought this was gonna be a more interesting page to show on stream. Um, but we work in cyber resiliency, not cyber security, okay? Um, Yeah, here's another interesting thing, right? Um, Change Healthcare, the ones who have the uh, revenue exchange platform thing, have been doing Zoom calls with partners in the industry to provide updates. So this is another thing I just want to point out um, for reality purposes, okay? When you suffer a cyber attack, right? It's not, it's not like you get to like close the doors and everybody hunkers down and it's just like the five of you in the, in the room working through it until it's resolved. Management wants updates all the time. Your customers want updates all the time. Your business partners want updates all the time because your impact is having third-party repercussion impacts to them and they want answers. It's like JG Wentworth. They want their answers and they want it now. Uh, similarly, the AT&T outage last week, right? If you were impacted, you wanted an update. Like, what the hell's going on? Why does my husband have service and I don't have service? Like, do I get service today? Am I going to get a credit? Like now, AT&T wasn't really providing information to consumers. But my point is, when you're doing these tabletop exercises or when you're thinking through what is the response look like, these are things that you may not give consideration to that take time. This Zoom call takes time. Preparing to, what are you going to say on the Zoom call? What's the update you're going to give, right? So like just... Think about it for a second, okay? Every minute counts during incident response, right? If you have to take an hour out of your day to review like what you're going to say on the Zoom call, get on the Zoom call, give the update on the Zoom call, then answer questions from the customers on the Zoom call, and then end the Zoom call, and then they're going to want another update in four hours or eight hours, right? At least once a day, I'm sure, probably twice a day. And then, okay, so now you got that. And now management wants an update every 30 minutes. So it, it's just, it's one of those things that it's, 
it's it's a devil in the detail kind of thing. Another one, just to share another one, is like humans are not robots, despite, you know, like people are getting cybernetic implants, right? Shall we play a game? So if you're doing incident response, and Eric Taylor, if you're in chat, please, um, please um, comment on this. Dude, if you're doing incident response, you have to sleep at some point, right? So now, like, where are you sleep? Like, so the staff, right? Say they work 12 hours. Who's feeding them? How are they eating? When do they sleep? Where do they sleep? Are they leaving to go home and sleep? Or are they sleeping at the office? If they're going to sleep at the office, what are they sleeping on? The floor? Do you have cots? Do you have a bed? Do you have a pillow? Like, it's just, it seems silly. Yeah, you can like crash on a couch, but if you got like eight people, it's going to look like a, a civil war infirmary in there, right? So it again, I'm sorry to like belabor this and get down into the details. I know this is a healthcare ransomware incident, but we cover these every day. I want to give some more context, some more information. But like, um, my point is there's just a lot of like real details that you don't encounter. Again, this is like when Kevin says, oh, I'll restore from backup. It's like, yeah, you'd restore from backup, but that's it's not that simple, right? So. All right, let's keep going. Screen Connect exploitations continue. It's turning into a bit of a feeding frenzy as two new ransomware gangs join the widespread attack on Screen Connect vulnerabilities. According to Bleeping Computer, the Black Basta and Bloody ransomware gangs have taken advantage of this critical flaw by creating admin accounts on internet-exposed servers, deleting all users, and taking over any vulnerable instances. CISA added the vulnerability to its catalog last week, ordering U.S. federal agencies to secure their servers by this Thursday. Yeah, no kidding. Of course. Dude, so here's the thing. Um, John Hammond, by the way, he's my guest tomorrow night on Simply Cyber Live. John Hammond did a really excellent report write up on uh, through Huntress, the company he works for, provided all sorts of intel and showed how easily this screen connect attack can happen. Um, it's been well publicized that this is a uh, vulnerability you want to absolutely patch ASAP. Florian Roth, for what it's worth, wrote uh, Yara rules that you can implement in your organization to detect the exploitation of this uh, vulnerability. So definitely check that out. I saw that on Twitter. Um, if you are allowing this to continue to exist in your environment, um, you better have a good reason. Otherwise, ah, you gotta patch it. Attackers can create admin accounts and delete all other users and take over any vulnerable instance. It's it's kind of like a point and click, um, you know, super super hack, right? Like, it's you know, it's 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 1995 hackers. You're gonna like hack the Gibson with a couple mouse clicks. Um, this is not a good one. This is a really terrible one. And we're seeing threat actors, dude. Here's the deal. Black Basta. I've never heard of Bloody before, but Black Basta is definitely a top tier ransomware threat actor, guys. When there is something as juicy and as easy to exploit as this thing, and it gives you super access, basically, the the its time is of the essence. These threat actors, dude, they probably were salivating when they saw this vulnerability get dropped. And then when John, they probably didn't need John Hammond to do the work for him, but when John did the work for him, they're like, oh, it's just like click, click, click. And they're like, come on, boys, we're rounding it up and we're going to work, right? So like, 
it almost makes me think like, you know how like when um uh proxy, oh god, what was it? Proxy shell that there was like a massive gross for exchange um zero day back a couple years ago. Uh, BSEC probably still has like wakes up uh in cold sweats thinking about it. But a couple years ago there was like a I think it was proxy shell or proxy not sh not proxy shell. Can't remember. I think it's proxy shell. Anyways, um. A lot of people had to work over the weekend to get it cleared up because it was like, this is really bad. We need to get this sorted out right now, right now. Like I, I, I envisioned Black Boss to saw this screen connect thing. It was like, holy crap. All right, guys, let, we got to work this weekend. Um, we got to work this weekend and put together a campaign. Uh, it's going to be worth it. I know we've been asking a lot out of all of you. By the way, the, you can catch this talk at threadhacteracademy.com. <laughs> and uh, I'm joking and, um, and, and, and basically ran on this, right? Cause you know, they're moving as quickly as they can before people get stuff patched. So, um, yeah. So anyways, the TLDR, I'm not surprised to see this. You shouldn't be either. And if you're running screen connect, you absolutely need to get this sorted out ASAP. Okay. Russian military hackers leverage ubiquity edge routers. In a joint advisory, the FBI, NSA, U.S. Cyber Command, and international partners have warned that Russian military hackers are evading detection by exploiting compromised ubiquity edge routers. According to the release, these widely used routers are being utilized globally to harvest credentials, collect NTLM v2 digest, proxy network traffic, and host spear phishing landing pages. The advisory from the FBI and its partner agencies notes that since the edge routers do not automatically update their firmware unless configured to do so, it is up to the user to perform a hardware factory reset to get rid of the malicious files. All right. So two things. One, I've been very open on the channel that I run Ubiquity um, infrastructure for my home network and I guess my business. Um, I do have my stuff set to auto patch, but I will be going in and confirming this. I do not need Russian hackers using my infrastructure as a proxy and uh, stealth hacking and such. Um, pretty, pretty uh, awesome. It just goes to show you even um, really, really good uh, network products. I mean, this is more consumer grade, but even really good networking products are still software and still vulnerable to exploitation. So. Um, you know, Russians figured it out. You know, a lot of uh, more IT focused people use Ubiquity networks um, only because it's a little bit more challenging to implement. Um, and hold on, they're not a firewall. Listen, I don't know, man. To me, I guess they're not an explicit firewall, but the uh, the security, uh, the, uh, what was it? Oh. I think it's the NSG, right? The network security gateway device is firewall-esque, right? Um, I, I'm having a, a, a verbal with uh, Eric Taylor right now. Um, but anyways, if you're running any of the Ubiquity environment, you absolutely need to check it out. I will say that, you know what sucks? I'm going to have to check for indicators of compromise, but I will tell you, um, even though the hardware is set to auto patch, you know there may have been a, a delta between when they you know, when it patched and, and exploitation. So they said the only way to remove the um, infection is through a hardware reset, which sucks because if you've ever done 
network configurations and network uh, setups and stuff like that. Um, wiping the device back to factory reset. Yeah, it's easy to do, but then you have to like configure all your firewall rules and all your, all your like QoS um, metrics. And, and I, I'm pretty sure the firewall gateway um, also does DHCP for my network. So, or yeah, I think it does. So anyways, it's going to suck. Basically, it's going to be really painful. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go look for IOCs on this before I do it. But if you are the TLDR, if you are running this, um, Russian state threat actors, AKA fancy bear, they're not to be trifled with. They're basically, um, they're like a varsity team of hackers, right? You don't want to mess with them. Um, they're like, uh, what would be, you, you ever seen the movie, uh, Oh my God, what movie is it? It's the guys who did um, Super Troopers, but it was like an underground beer Olympics. I forget what that movie was called, but the, the German team, like they're, they're like them, except for hacking. Like you don't want to screw with them um, if they got their eyes set on you. Same as the NSA, right? Um, you know, I always kind of point to Russia, China, uh, Iran, North Korea stuff, but don't, don't sleep on Israel and United States just because we don't call them threat actors. They're still first world, uh, cyber capabilities. So, oh, so crods nine, eight, five, four says, uh, this affects the edge router part of ubiquity, not the unify line. Good to know. And, uh, I believe you're correct on that. So, um, I guess I'm safe. It's still worth, it's still worth, you know, for me, this is like, uh, thank you for pointing that out, Crods. For me, this is um, close enough to um, like, a, like, a, 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 like a, you know, this is like basically a rocket being shot at my boat and it's splashing in the water nearby. This is going to, this prompts me, I'm going to go into my Ubiquity gear later today. Ubiquity does have a really nice um, interface for administration. I'm going to go in and just, confirm everything, use this as an opportunity to just uh, review, refresh, ensure that the configurations are the way I want them, maybe take a backup of the um, of the configuration and go forward. So uh, yes, Beer Fest is the movie. Thank you very much uh, for that. Let's go. And now a word from our sponsor, Egress. People are the biggest risk to your organization's security, and they're most vulnerable when using email. With more advanced threats getting through secure email gateway detection every day, Egress provides AI-powered email security that eliminates both inbound phishing attacks and outbound data breaches. What's more, Egress's adaptive security architecture personalizes security for each user based on their real-time risk score. Visit egress.com, that's E-G-R-E-S-S.com to learn more about Egress's intelligent cloud email security suite and start detecting email threats your secure email gateway is missing today. All right, welcome to the mid-roll. I hope you're having a great show. Shout out to the mod team and crods for pointing out the uh, Unify versus Ubiquity. Um, hey, if you're getting entertainment value or educational value from the stream, I would love to say thank you. 
and hit the like button if you're getting value if you're on youtube right now not for vanity metrics but because hitting the like button if enough of you do it there's 470 of you in here right now if enough of you do it it's going to trigger the youtube algorithm and it's going to send this to people youtube thinks may be interested in it which is how we get first timers here every single morning again shout out to the first timers this this episode is a pretty standard episode so uh if you're liking what you're doing come back and be a second timer no doubt Shout out to the stream sponsors again. Thank you, Barricade Cyber and Panopsi Security. Also want to say shout out and love to Anti-Siphon Training, whom I'm an absolute huge champion of. Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the traditional cybersecurity training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, regardless of financial position. They offer their students the opportunity to learn skills, which is dope, practice what is taught, which is useful, and more importantly, engage with the community in a fun and inclusive way. Very much similar to the way that we at the Simply Cyber community are engaging right now. They have a very similar vibe going on. So if you like what you got here, you definitely want to like what they're doing um, over at Anti-Siphon. Go to antisiphontraining.com for more info. Links in the description below. Oops. All right. Simply Cyber. Oh, who's got the baton? Uh, not a deep fake. That's right, Connor. Connor Coburn, I believe. Hey, listen to this really quickly, guys. If you would like to blow up your professional network, this is a very, very easy, simple technique. Go and do the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Five minutes a day. If you invest five minutes a day, I promise you in two weeks' time, your mind is going to be blown on how large and how useful and how valuable your LinkedIn network is. Okay. Five minutes a day. Here's what you do. Go over to LinkedIn and search for the hashtag simply cyber community challenge. Find the posts. There's tons of them. Couple hundred at this point. Connect with the people in the post. If you're not connected with them, comment on the post. That's probably the most important thing. Comment on the post and then connect with the people in comments. So for five minutes of active work a day, the rest of the day, the 23 hours and 55 minutes, people who are going and connecting with the people in comments are going to be connecting with you. And because they're already pre-screened Simply Cyber community members, they're going to be, you know, supportive, inclusive, adding value to the network. It's dope. Like, get on it. Trust me. Now, Not A Deep Fake is currently the baton holder. Let's see if Not A Deep Fake is in here. Not A Deep Fake is here. Tag someone. So not a deep fake, please tag someone. If you want the baton, if you would like to be the person who shares your story today, volunteer right now. Let not a baton, uh, not a deep fake know. And all we ask you do is go on LinkedIn and make your post. Add the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge and tag me in it so I can amplify it. And off you'll go. It's, do, it's super dope. You're going to love it. All right. La, 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 All right. So that's how that works, guys. All right. Just get the la, 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 la's in here. Oh, it's so good. All right. We're at 843, so we're going to have to boot, scoot, and boogie on the second half of the show. So let's giddy up on that. Open AI versus the New York Times. The New York Times copyright lawsuit against OpenAI is up for contention as the artificial intelligence company says the newspaper, quote, 
hacked ChatGBT to create misleading evidence. Now, according to Reuters, the Times first sued OpenAI in December, accusing them of using millions of articles in near verbatim excerpts without the newspaper's permission. In OpenAI's recent filing, they claim the Times paid someone to hack OpenAI's products, which caused the chatbot to reproduce copyrighted work using deceptive prompts. To further point fingers, a representative from the Times responded by saying this so-called hacking is actually the organization looking for evidence. Ooh, this is um this is interesting. Like, ooh, intrigue. Like somebody call um is it John Patterson or who's the author? Um the Patterson author who does like the um James Patterson. Yeah. Somebody called James Patterson on this one. This is intrigue. So um, New York Times basically said that uh, they were suing OpenAI and that ChatGPT was, uh, had learned on all of New York Times' um, copyrighted content. And that, you know, if you would ask ChatGPT a question, it could cite New York Times, not cite, but it could give you New York Times um copyrighted material as a response, not citing it, not linking to it, which would be a copyright violation. New York Times is um, jumping on this. Now, whether or not this is true or not, this is kind of crazy. OpenAI is responding back that the New York Times hired someone to do prompt engineering and essentially manipulate ChatGPT in order to produce those unsighted copyrighted works, effectively producing evidence that the New York Times could turn around and drop. So essentially, you know, the New York Times' argument is like, hey, it's just spitting out our copyrighted work. And OpenAI's position is it's only spitting out your copyrighted work when you explicitly tell it to respond with your copyrighted work. So it's it's interesting. It you know, this whole AI world is very nuanced and very um moving very quickly, right? So I don't see why like ChatGPT couldn't just uh be prompted to cite things when appropriate. I mean, having citations is actually, you know, a lot more valuable, A, because of copyright, but also because if you want to do additional research, that's straight uh, useful. We'll see where this goes. I mean, I don't know if the New York Times was like, this was like a cash grab where they're like, oh, open AI is worth $80 billion. Let's just sue them it to the moon and uh, get a piece of that action. So, you know, like print newspapers are dead basically. So, you know, uh, news outlets are losing money on that function. Um, so I don't know if this was like a cash grab in order to like get, you know, uh, FY 24 revenue on the books or something, but, um, we'll see where this goes. The reason I find it interesting and intriguing is because if it's discovered that yes, somebody at the New York Times did hire someone to basically fraudulent, fraudulently create evidence, and then they're suing them in a legal court case. Oh my God, dude! Like, think about that for a second. Imagine, if you will, um, that you're like you're suing somebody for like a million dollars or a billion dollars or whatever, and the evidence you uh, submit to the court as evidence of the crime is completely fabricated and you know it, like you created it. That's gotta be illegal. That's gotta be illegal. If not, if not like criminally illegal, civil illegal for sure, where you could get countersued for it. I, I almost think it would be criminally illegal because that sounds 
very, very um, dangerous, right? Especially with AI and deep fakes coming online. Like you'd be able to create fake evidence all over the place. And if there was no retribution for submitting fake evidence, ooh, not good. Uh, all right. So it looks like Tim McDonald picked up the baton, I think. Um, so thank you. FTC warned AI regulation is coming. During a speech oh, on Tuesday, thank you. <laughs> Lena Khan, the chair of the Federal Trade Commission, emphasized that there are no exemptions for artificial intelligence <laughs> under current laws. Khan outlined the agency's regulatory direction, highlighting ongoing efforts to establish guidelines for governing the development, utilization, and oversight of AI technology. Notably, she specified that certain personal data, such as health and geolocation information, will be restricted from model training. The FTC has already initiated enforcement actions against companies accused of mishandling consumer data. Five All right. Uh, really quickly, we see we see the very uh, talented Lauren uh, Vermo. Wait, did I get that right, Lauren? Verno, Lauren Verno in chat, uh, pointing out, here we go, Lauren points out when she was writing that story about OpenAI, uh, she kept imagining the Spider-Man meme where everyone's pointing it at each other. So this is this, you're cheating. No, you're cheating. No, you're cheating. Ah, we're all cheating. Like who's going to get left cleaning up after the party? All right. So the Federal Trade Commission uh, tech industry is being warned that uh, they're going to start enforcing AI data privacy. Again, this is super valuable and uh, uh, just completely indicative of like how quickly the AI industry is moving. D I've said this a million times, data is the new gold. Until there's regulation preventing for-profit businesses from weaponizing and monetizing data, they're absolutely going to do it. With AI, they can do it much faster, much cleaner, much quicker. Um, so you know, basically they're trying to get in front of it. Um, you know, it's funny. It's funny that like the FTC is kind of moving quickly, whereas the federal government is just like moving glacially slow with AI safeguards and AI regulation in general. Like I appreciate data privacy, but I feel like, I don't know, man. I feel like this is, um, it, it, this is important. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like this is putting like a really nice spoiler on, on like your 1987 Ford Escort. Like, yes, it's cool and you really should do it. it or it's like putting a cherry bomb muffler kit on your Ford Escort. Like, all right, cool. But like, maybe focus on the bigger issue, right? Like, you know, like maybe focus on like getting the car upgraded or, or, you know, that's kind of a crappy analogy. But my point is, this is important. But like, if you look at the bigger picture of regulations around AI, they're not moving that quick. Usually the tech giants are actually moving quite quicker. Uh, we'll see how this gets implemented again. Um, honestly, a lot of tech companies are the ones that are being brought in to help provide guidance and insights to lawmakers around what should be done. And since the tech giants are the ones who are the ones profiting from the data that AI can help harvest, they're kind of have a perverse incentive not to want to see this be super strict and super um, restrictive. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. Million WordPress sites left vulnerable. A vulnerability found in the Lightspeed Cache plugin for WordPress has put 5 million sites at risk. 
The vulnerability could potentially allow unauthorized access to sensitive information or privilege escalations on affected sites. WordPress says the vulnerability is the result of a lack of user input sanitization and escaping output. Users are advised to update to the latest plugin version. All right. Hey, what's up, WordPress? Oh, you've got a vulnerable plugin? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dude, WordPress is like the Adobe Flash of uh, of like this millennium. Uh, like I, if you guys don't remember, Flash, um, Flash was like a hot mess, like ActionScript and Flash. Uh, it was like regularly exploited. So anyways, here's the deal. I say this every single time. Anybody can kind of stand up a WordPress uh, web app server. So look for shadow IT in your environment. It's pretty easy to find WordPress servers. Just do a Vuln scan in your environment. Uh, if you find one on your internet facing IP addresses that you didn't know about, that's definitely something you want to intervene with quickly. It's very, very easy for end users and for IT staff to turn on all the plugins like, ooh, this looks fun. This looks fun. This looks fun. Uh, and then be like, oh, this doesn't really do anything. And then they just abandon it and walk away. They don't go, oh, the, disable this, disable this, disable this. So what ends up happening is these web application servers, which are designed to be accessed, that can be internet facing, end up having a most um, a, a massive gross attack surface. Um, so when you hit vulnerable plugins like this, you end up with 5 million sites at risk. Again, tools like Shodan will be able to discover these uh, WordPress app servers very quickly, the same way that they're able to discover uh, the screen connect um issues as well so if it's internet facing it's definitely a much higher threat priority um or you know uh, risk for your organization go in confirm that you don't have this running or that it's patched i don't know if they have a patch for it but um yeah it, yeah the vulnerability was addressed in october 2023 ah oh, you gotta patch it so just 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 patch it <laughs> like okay just patch it or disable it or take the wordpress app server offline whatever you got to do just you know this is basic vulnerability management 101. german consumer center shut down by ransomware the hessen consumer center a nonprofit organization based in hessen germany was hit by a ransomware <laughs> attack that caused their it systems to shut down the nonprofit provides advice on a variety of topics to residents, including consumer law, finances, and insurance. While the attack primarily impacted the organization's phone and email systems, there is concern the breach could have exposed the data of those that have used the organization's services. At the time of this article's publishing, no major ransomware gangs had claimed responsibility for the attack. Another All right, so... They said um, these systems uh, encrypted by ransomware, but no gang has come forward with um, attribution. I find that weird, uh, first of all, because usually when a ransomware incident happens, the threat actors leave a note on your desktop because the threat actors want to get paid. Cash, homie. And they need, they need you to know who they are so you can send them your money right pay this man his money right like like threat actors who are trying to get your money aren't being deceptively stealthy like they they're like it's me give me your money so that one is kind of strange um which which immediately makes me think of um either 
two things come to mind right away. One, this is a German company. It does have to do with communications. So potentially this is a targeted attack made to look like a ransomware attack, but it's still essentially um, dorking up their entire operation. So you're, you're, um, you're kneecapping their capabilities. So it could be basically a targeted attack made to look like ransomware. So it hides in the weeds a little bit more. Or two, and I, I'm kind of leaning this way. Again, Eric Taylor is our ransomware expert, um, also adjunct faculty at Threat Actor Academy. Uh, Threat Actor Academy. Um, some threat actors, like affiliates and stuff, they're not like super stealth. I mean, they're not super elite level hacker. They're not Hugh Jackman in the movie Swordfish with like nine computer monitors. Like sometimes they execute and they forget to put the note or they execute and they leave their little script of like what to click on and what to do on the victim machine. So it is possible a ransomware incident hit and they forgot to tell the threat actor. In my experience, in my knowledge, that's part of like the payload that drops is leaving that note. But, you know, there's all sorts of different um, ransomware variants out there and different ways to do it. So it's possible that they, they dorked themselves by accident. So <laughs> um, anyways, this sucks for this business. It's a nonprofit organization to provide unbiased and neutral advice to the residents of Hessen about consumer law. So, I mean, they have a pretty, they have a pretty normal, um, like low level business mission. Um, so it kind of sucks, you know, kind of sucks. We're currently having an open call for auditions for a new CISO series podcast. We're oh, all right. New CISO series podcast. Hold on. Let's hear about this. For someone with technical chops who loves communicating with our audience. If that's you, head on over to CISOseries.com and look for. There you go. If you're a technical person who loves yelling into a microphone, uh, CISO series may want to talk to you about getting on board with one of their new shows. That's pretty cool. All right, guys, it is 8.57. Someone call Nick Barker and tell him that we're right on schedule. All right, guys, I hope you had a great show, great uh, education, great entertainment. Before you go, if you're here just for the news, tomorrow at um, 4.30 p.m., this beautiful baby, John Hammond, many of you know him. He's a million subs on YouTube. He's always out there on uh, Twitter space dropping bombs great security researcher and he's a really nice guy if you ever see him in person like don't be awkward don't snap a picture of him from like across the room and be creepy say hi to him he's a really nice guy um he's a really nice guy so uh he's gonna come on tomorrow and we're gonna high five virtually and uh spend an hour so if you want to get to know him if you want to ask him questions and say hi tomorrow at 4 30 p.m eastern time is where it's at it's going to be all about good times all right. So I said ransomware too many times. We're going to pivot over to jawjacking y'all in just a hot minute. I want to say if you were here just for the news, thank you very much. Have a great Wednesday. We almost went around the world. When Australia wakes up, let them know uh, that we, hold on, hold on. This is totally unfair and kind of uh, conflicts with my support and inclusion, but uh, inside jokes and um, good ribbing is fun. If when Australia wakes up, please leave this in their inbox. We didn't go around the world because of Australia. Just kidding, internal stranger, Chris Rock, and all the uh, all the Aussies out there. 
Eric Taylor dropping a 50 bomb. All right, so here you go. If you want to become a Simply Cyber Squad member, they're flowing in right, right now. So giddy up on that. Uh, hey, uh, so I wouldn't leave if I were you because uh, we're going to be getting a massive amount of gifted subs. There's 100. Just become best friends. Yep. There we go. Thank you, Eric Taylor, for your generous donation of 100 gifted subs. Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber bringing the heat. We're going to pivot over to jawjacking in a hot minute. So if you got to go, we'll see you later. Otherwise, I'll see you at jawjacking. Thanks so much and stay secure. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Jawjacking. This is your AMA, Ask Me Anything Cybersecurity Chill Hangout Podcast. We got 100 gifted subs flowing in. I'm your host, Jerry Guy, coming hot off the heels of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief with Dr. Gerald Osier. We don't take ourselves too seriously here. We have good times. I want to say shout out again to Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber for making it rain in here. If Tim McDonald can confirm whether or not he wants the baton, that would be great. Josie T'Challa, you do have to opt in to receiving a gifted membership, just so you know. Um, there's instructions on how to do that. Moshi Levy's in the house. Moshi, my man. Good to see you, Moshi. Moshi, uh, famously known from the um, the series Religious uh, Leader to Cyber. I did a whole series of different roles breaking into information security, teacher, marketer, heavy machine operator, accountant and religious leader and moshi was that interview very cool yes valentino i do lean into the cyber asmr a little bit as a joke uh thanks glum hippo good to see you good to see you how's everyone's week going guys I, I feel i got asked earlier triple d asked how i was doing uh i really feel like i you know i don't want to ever sound like a uh like a charity case or something up here but uh, it's, I've been really, really busy stressing, uh, trying to get things done. Cyber 101 launched. I'm working on some other like assets to give to the community. Um, I've got some speaking engagements coming up. I got the TV show, which is like a massive amount of work. You wouldn't believe how much work the TV show is. And uh, I've been I've been feeling it, guys. And uh, I, I felt better yesterday and today. I you know I literally feel like I said uh, to Triple D who is divine dream divine in chat right now. Um, basically I felt like I was like under ice, like in a lake under ice, but I've like burst through and I, I just like flew up out of the ice and now I'm like, yeah, let's party baby. So I'm straight up straight crushing it uh, and feeling great, ready to deliver value to all of you. Uh, can't wait to review that NIST cybersecurity 2.0. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's, it's straight truth. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be wicked cool. I want to remind everybody, if you don't know, um, super pumped. Thank you, Ebony. Super pumped. And uh, hey, unnamed agency, undisclosed location, just found Simply Cyber. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. As a security pro, it'll go on my daily read. Heck yeah, sir. Welcome to the party. Love it, love it, love it. Um, oh, very cool, Carrie Tyler, with the blue badge, by the way. Thank you. 
Uh, how should a newbie approach an updated NIST for consumption? David Robin asks. So good question, David. Uh, you know, two things. One, here's how I approach these things. For NIST 2.0, and let me share my screen. For NIST 2.0, NIST is amazing, okay? I love NIST. So um, they're going to release a um, guidance on what to look for um that has changed in it right so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it up on stream and show you right now there's always a quick start guide as well that there's some assets i'm working on right now um that will help with this and like i said i'll probably make a video later today uh this is not right this is around the update process give me a second One second. I, like, so David Robbins is asking about NIST 2.0. I'm going through the effort to do this correctly. Um, so you guys can, you, you know, operationalize this basically. Cybersecurity framework. Okay. So right here, I'm on this webpage, NIST.gov slash uh, cyber framework. Oh, I heart NIST glum nippo, uh, glum hippo. It's like iHeart New York, except it's iHeart NIST because I love NIST. All right. So you can see here, um, right here on this website, I just sent you, there's a quick start guide. Okay. There's the resources. And I'm going to click on this top one right here. Okay. It says download. It's just going to open it. Yes. I'm well aware of what this is. Okay. Now check it out. Um, David, are you serious right now? I'm down. Okay. So NIST 2.0 resource and overview guide. This is nine, eight pages, super quick, but this is going to be a nice introduction, a nice little immersive overview of NIST cybersecurity framework. As soon as you load, are you kidding me? All right. So what it is and popular ways to use it. So I'm not going to read through all this right now, but what I would say is what I'm going to do is, and I would recommend you do this as well, is read through this. Now, if you're not already familiar with NIST cybersecurity framework, like 1.0, 1.1, and how it is implemented, then you obviously have to read that. But if you're trying to get smart on what are the changes and how do you implement it, this is how you would do it. I would read this, um, get an understanding of what the changes are, how they add value. You can see they've broken it out by capability and function and, and share all that. So this is a nice quick read, um, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, David, and then um, and then actually look at the cybersecurity framework 2.0, download it, look at it. Really, for me personally, it's about consumption. There's no, there's no easy button. There's no quick hit on how to do this one. Take it easy, Thomas Marquette. Um, what I will say is I will make like i'm i'm saying this now i will make a video on you know i guess i got to figure out like what the youtube algorithm viral title will be but it'll basically be everything you need to know about nist csf 2.0 um what are the changes what are my thoughts on those changes how to implement it and a list of resources um for you know for you to consume so stay tuned for that i will tell you whenever i do a produced video it takes me about a day to like prep it. It takes me a day to film it. It takes the editors three days to record it. I mean, um, to edit it and make it like fancy. So, you know, even though this dropped today, a video won't likely come out until the earliest middle of next week. Um, it's a lot of work, frankly, to do it. Um, 
it also cost me like 400 bucks a video but that's neither here nor there uh the channel does make money and you guys like you know eric taylor dropping 100 squads like that's that's where that money can go to help um fund those editors and stuff like that <laughs> all right hey lazaro rivera coming in with the super chat lazaro thank you very much can we just become best friends yep Lazaro says, hope you're doing well, Dr. Osher and Team SE. Got positive feedback from my management that I've caught up pretty quickly and also have shown no issues transitioning to cyber. Feels good. Just wanted to update. Uh, I, you know, Lazaro, I've been really, really personally vested in your journey and just celebrating all your wins. I'm super happy for you. Uh, just keep going, man. Keep going. That's the thing. You can't, I, I hate to say don't slow down, but like you've got all the momentum you're crushing it. You've already established the value that you bring to your business. So keep doing it. All right, let's keep looking at uh, chat questions. Um, I mentioned, okay, um, hold on. I'm looking, mod, mods are capturing the chat questions. Hey, did Tim McDonald confirm? Let's see if Tim McDonald confirmed. All right, I'm going to scroll chat and look for questions then. Uh, what's up, Ray Tierney? Good to see you. All right. Um, talk amongst yourselves. Hey, oh, you know what? CJ, CJ's in the house. Uh, this reminds me. I want to uh, share this again. I've been, I've been sharing this the last couple of days. Um, listen, if you're a regular of Simply Cyber, you already know this, but maybe you're not on the Simply Cyber Discord server. So if you do exclamation point Discord, or I'll do it, um, on the Discord server, you can actually see, uh, join the, the Simply Cyber Discord server. What I want to tell you is we actually have, um, let me show you really quickly. We actually have, uh, Simply Cyber community meetups localized by region so check it out you're gonna love this okay whoops right here so if you're in one of these regions and we're always looking to add new ones if you want detroit kansas city florida low country vegas etc i wanted to call out if you're in any of these regions and you want to connect with other local cyber pros in your area share resources share job opportunities whatever this is where you can do it. And CJ is currently the ambassador for the Las Vegas crew. And I saw on social media the other day that he is having a meetup. Yes, yes. On March 3rd at 6.30 p.m. at Lazy Dogs. So if you're, if you're in Vegas, whether visiting or you're local, on March 3rd and you want to go hang and high five around with the Simply Cyber Las Vegas crew, giddy up on that. Um, it's all about good times. And I just, I just love, um, this was actually one of CJ's ideas a couple months ago and we finally got it materialized. I know Toasty Pops and the Kansas city crew have gotten together. Um, you know, it's, it's just, I, I'm super pumped about it. I love community. I love inclusion and support. And, uh, I just love to see how simply cyber has, uh, evolved. So, uh, very happy for all of you. Yes, Doctor Who is the ambassador of the Boston New England crew. So if you're in there and you want to giddy up on that, Mr. Switchy says add ATL. There is an Augusta faction in there. Mr. Switchy, if you want to jump on the Discord server 
and uh, DM me or um, at me in general chat on the Discord server. I will I will add Atlanta if there's a you know if if you want to be the ambassador of Atlanta, um, we can giddy up on that. Uh, what other questions, guys? Can what can I help you with? Uh, Jay and Michelle says, "Oops, Cy- cybers, cyber satyrs, content creation is a good way to personal brand in cyber and helps you land a job. Or do employers not care too much about that?" I don't understand what's cyber satyr LS. Let me see what this is. I don't know what that is. Um, Oh, oh, I, I'm sorry. Cyber Seder is a, a person and you were re- replying to the question. Is content creation a good way to personally brand yourself in cyber and help you land a job or do employees not care much about that? Oh my God. So Cyber Seder, allow me to um, tell you this. I think content creation is a phenomenal way to personally brand yourself. So much, in fact, that I'm actually working on a course. It's It's like a pet project. Some of you know about this called how to use how to build a YouTube channel in order to build a personal brand for fun and profit and a job in cybersecurity. It's a working title. It's a little long in the tooth on title, but believe me when I tell you. Believe me when I tell you. It has listen. Now, your your mileage may vary, okay? Your mileage may vary, but what I will tell you about content creation. First of all, if you're going to do YouTube, it's not easy. Like ask uh Jesse Johnson. He started SlaySec Plus. Um it's work. He he's a relatively newcomer to the content creation space. Um and he's doing wonderful stuff. I personally have not had to apply for my last two job or three jobs, really. Like I literally get phone calls Hey, what will it take for you to come work here? And it was so awkward when I got my um my first job this way. They contacted me for a like a CISO role basically. And I I was like, "Okay, like yes, I'd love to do that. Let's have an interview." I get on the phone call with the um the the the, the CIO. And uh, we interview. And he asks me um he tells me all about the company, all about the opportunity, all about the benefits all about his vision and everything. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, so what do you say? And I'm like, do you want to ask me any questions? Or like, I'm confused. Is this a job interview? Like I I was very candid with him and he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to sell you on the job. Like, what do you say? Do you want, do you want it? And I'm like, I'm sorry. Do you, do you want to like, do you want to ask me questions or like my resume or anything? I'm confused. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I know exactly who you are and I know exactly what you know and I know exactly what you can do. I want you to come bring that to my organization. And that's when it dawned on me that like Simply Cyber, my YouTube content, my presence on LinkedIn, that's my resume in 2024. So I think content creation can have unbelievable positive impact for you, okay? So let me ask some questions. Also, hey, quick reminder at 9.30, we're going to jump over for two Cyber Chicks, uh, season four, episode two, live. We can watch it together. Tim McDonald picks up the baton. Love it, love it, love it. Um, Do you have any tips on writing a new talk for a speaking engagement? Waiting through logs asks the question. 
Uh, so wading through logs, do you have any tips on writing a new talk for a speaking engagement? So I guess for me, wading through logs, um, as far to answer your question, I'm thinking you're saying structure of talk. First thing I would say is, what do you want to talk about, right? So like get a, get a concept of a talk, right? So I don't know if this is like for a CFP or just you talking, but then what I like to do personally is I like to say, what are three things that an audience member is going to be able to take away an action, an actionable takeaway for them, whether it's uh, a new tool, whether it's a new template, whether it's a website of resources, like I want to give people who come to my talks, at least three things that they can do once they leave the talk. Once I establish that, then I figure out what are those three things like, like, why are they valuable? Why do I think they're valuable? Then I, I say, okay, like I got to include that in the talk. And then I go broader on like, what is the bigger picture? Like, what's the macro of why this talk exists? Why am I, why, why is this a thing? Right? So then I kind of back into it. So then it becomes, okay, here's the overarching thesis of why this talk is valuable. Here is like one relevant example of why what I'm talking about is relevant. Then who am I? Okay. Then let's go in and bring it up and explain why such and such deliver actionable value one, why two, actionable value two, et cetera, et cetera. And then Q and A. Hopefully that helps wading through logs. Um, if you had a different question, let me know. I'm definitely open to rephrasing that for you. Um, all right, some quick questions. Um, hold on, I'm going to read the questions. I'm also going to play the my little, you know, jaw jacking is brought to you by Cyber 101, my little ad. This is like 30 seconds. I'm going to read the questions, and when I come back, I'll fire through these Chris Whitlock, Sh Shuttle Crab, and Zach Morrison questions. Are you looking to pivot your career into something more secure and exciting? Hi, I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, and I'm here to guide you into the world of cybersecurity. Now, whether you're 25 or 45, switching careers can be intimidating and challenging, especially into cybersecurity, which has an overwhelming amount of roles and disciplines. Now, based on my 20 years of industry experience and years of teaching at the Citadel Military College, I've designed and built Cybersecurity 101 to be your one-stop launchpad to new beginnings. Cybersecurity 101 offers over 22 hours of video content, 100-plus lessons, 12 hands-on labs, all starting from the basics. So whether you have IT experience or not, I've got you covered. This course was designed as a comprehensive college-level curriculum and should take about three months to complete at four hours a week. Try it out and see for yourself. I've made some of the lectures and labs available to access without paying anything so you can see what's going on. Take the first step towards your new career. Visit simplycyber.io slash cyber101 to learn more and enroll in Cybersecurity 101. Your future in cybersecurity starts today. All right. So Chris Whitlock asking, um, you know, if you get hit with ransomware, would it be common to just collect your money and sell your data too? Uh, Chris Whitlock, you know, there's no honor among thieves. They say they won't sell it, but we just saw law enforcement uncover that Lockbit was uh, selling or taking money from uh, victims saying they were deleting the data and not deleting it, potentially selling it. So yeah, it does happen. Um, you know, criminals are criminal. I mean, they'll steal from each other too. Uh, Shuttle Crab says, on my live yesterday, I mentioned a potential business owner, but dropped it in chat right at the end. I believe he is in your Discord. Um, okay, Shuttle Crab, uh, can you just message really quickly? Uh, oh, oh, is it you're talking about for cyber starters? Yeah. If you want, if Egotistical uh, wants to talk, uh, just have him DM me or something or 
at me in chat and we could talk about how he might be a good fit for cyber starters. Zach Morrison says, is sys admins good to try before finding your first cyber job? I want, I was wanting to, but someone told me sys admin isn't even entry level. I don't know about that, bro. I mean, you do have to have some chops to understand like how, like what windows is and how an AD environment works or how Linux works, depending on what system you're administering. But I think they're like, I don't know. I've seen junior sys admins, you know, you come in, you get kind of like, you know, you do some grunt work. Hey, go patch these systems. Hey, it's almost, I don't want to call it glorified help desk, but in smaller organizations that can't have dedicated help desk, you'll have field engineers and people who are multitasking with sys admin stuff. You're not going to be like the king IT director, domain admin person, but you can do entry-level sysadmin stuff at smaller businesses. And I think being a sysadmin is a great way to parlay into um, cybersecurity for sure. Uh, Chris Nee says, my current and first job in cyber deals with auditing and compliance. I'm torn between two masters to level up. Uh, Maryland's master's in cyber management policy or WGU master's cyber. So... I can't talk about either of those. I know Brady McNulty and others have gone through WGU's program. So if anyone in chat, 325 of you has gone through WGU, let me know. I know they have a strong alumni network and a strong uh, Discord server. So there is value in the actual network uh, outside of the education you could receive. UMGC's Master in Cyber Policy. I've heard good things um, about, uh, I don't know if that's UM like University of Maryland, but I've heard good things about that program. Again, I have not done um, a uh, apples to apples comparison, of course. So, and I didn't go to those schools, so I can't uh, give firsthand accounts, but um, I would say they're both good from what I've heard. I would just do a little bit more research asking people who have done the program. That's always the best thing. Talk to someone who's done it. Incognito says, can you recommend any tools that automate NIST 853 questions when doing risk assessments for clients? <laughs> um, no, I mean, this is why in my GRC analyst masterclass, I have to make that um, Rosetta Stone document in order to interview and ask um, questions of those uh, stakeholders. There are some tools out there. Um, I think... Um, I think it's this. Um, give me one second. There is a tool that I've used from. Um, uh, it's going to take me a minute to find it. There, There is a. Um, there is a tool that they offer. It's not awesome, but it's better than nothing. Um, I can't find it right now. Remind, catch me outside, uh, and I can, I can tell you. It's like it's called like CRAM. I think it's called CRAM or or CSAM, which is a terrible acronym, acronym to have for a tool. Anyways, there is a tool that'll help automate kind of the management of an 853 audit, but not so much the audit itself. Um, super chat coming in from Nerman. Nerman, student in the Cyber 101. Good to see you, Nerman. We just become best friends. Yep. Dr. Osier, do you have any tips for DEF CON 2024? I will be there this summer. I already purchased the ticket. Hope to see you there. Yeah, well, Nerman, first of all, awesome. I hope to see you there too. Two, we will absolutely um, have a Simply Cyber community meetup at DEF CON like we do every year. So I hope that you can make it to that. I would love to high five you at that. 
Um, Nerman, I will say in general, um, in general, um, as far as like maxing out a um, conference, let me show you this really quickly. I should have this one on like super speed dial. Um, oh my God, bro. Um, conference boss Wiggly. Uh, where is it? Crap. There's a video I have with Ben, uh, with D uh, DJ Ben Bisek and Deb and Base Case. And I wanted to, yeah, here it is. So check this out, Nerman. This might be worth the hour of your time, okay? Seriously. If you're going to invest in flying to Vegas and staying at DEF CON, um, spending the one hour and doing this video, this is Deb Wigley, DJ BSEC, and Base Case. Two are mods. Deb Wigley's over, uh, community manager over at Black Hills InfoSec. It also sent me this shirt. This video, Nerman, will definitely help... Um, will help you maximize the value of that conference. All right. I saw a question from Gary Sturgiatis. Gary, love Gary. Uh, a beers cheers to Gary. Do you find the industry to be evenly divided on the value of end user training? What's your strongest argument for and against end user training? Um, okay. So I have seen some division in the industry. I think usually it's like red teamers, offensive security people that say that end user training is worthless. Um, I even got shade thrown at me when I was on Black Hills uh, podcast or live stream a couple weeks ago because of that. I, I think the division is because end users will constantly make end user mistakes. And because of that, um, they're soft target. But the thing is, just because they're soft doesn't mean that you stop doing it, right? Oh, this is hard. It's not, I'm going to do not do it. No. End user awareness training for me personally is massive value if done correctly. If you make your staff do a once a year PowerPoint presentation or watch some stupid video that doesn't resonate with them, then yeah, you're wasting your time, spinning your tires, whatever you want to say. it. If you make it actionable, relatable, relevant, timely, super easy to consume, interesting, entertaining, then you're going to modify their behavior long-term. And guys, people... Their families get victimized, right? Like, oh, my aunt fell for this like call center scam. Oh, my uncle, my dad got this like pop-up saying his computer was infected and got 500 bucks taken from him. If you educate them and make it relevant to them as individuals, you're going to get cyber risk reduction. So when they do see something stupid pop up on their screen, they call you because they feel comfortable, A, that they're not making themselves look like an idiot, and B, that they feel comfortable calling you. So yes, uh, that's my argument, Gary, and I think it's awesome. All right, really quickly, I want to remind everybody on the Simply Cyber YouTube channel. Um, give me a second. We've got a premiere coming in uh, a couple minutes right here. Looks like they're interviewing Qu Quinlan Varco, uh, how to pivot from the sock to a thriving business owner. Perhaps another good person for Cyber Starters Season 2 podcast. So we're going to be rating this in a minute. This is our own Jackson. Um, Jackson, Erica McDuffie will be in live chat at the time when we go live with that in two minutes, a couple more minutes for questions. And then we're going to be get, getting after it. Glum hippo. Are you familiar with a book called how to measure anything in cybersecurity? I'm desperate for a book about GRC that's readable and actionable. Uh, yes, actually that book is, um, 
that book is awesome. And I believe I actually own it. <laughs> Did I buy it? I don't have, oh, I don't have the audio book. Um, yeah, this book is good. Um, these guys have used this technique, um, in a couple different industry. Oh, wait, you're not looking at it. Um, they've used it in this industry a couple different times. Uh, it's pretty good. Another really good book, um, is actually Ryan, Ryan Lervik's book, my co-host from, um, cyber starters. And this isn't just a, I'm not just pushing this because he's uh, on my show and stuff like that. This is actually a really good book. Very digestible, very informed education wise glum hippo. Uh, so I have this book, uh, worth checking out. Okay. There, I dropped a link in. I can't drop a link in chat cause it's too long for some reason, but just Ryan Larvik, understand, manage and measure cyber risk. Great book. Great resource. All right, guys, 60 seconds until chat, uh, until this live stream, hit, live stream hits. Uh, I'm going to jump over there and do it. Thanks so much for hanging out and jawjacking the AMA show that we do every single day from 9 to 9.30 a.m. Come back, get your questions answered, high fives all around. I'll see you in the live stream over at Two Cyber Chicks on the YouTube uh, Simply Cyber channel. Until next time, stay secure. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one. Come